Well, this is the big story of the day, the resignation of Oklahoma U.S. Senator Jim Inhofe. He's not leaving office until January 3rd, so quite a bit of time, but that's just two years into a six-year term. His decision now triggering a new election for this upcoming November. United States Senator Jim Inhofe has been a fixture in Oklahoma politics since the 1960s. But in February, the 87-year-old announced he'd be resigning less than two years into his most recent term. The timing of his announcement is key. Inhofe said he would stay in office until next year, meaning that Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt can't nominate an interim replacement. Instead, a special election will be held later this year. The surprise opening of a coveted Senate seat resulted in a number of dominoes falling as candidates started appearing out of thin air. Today on Listen Frontier, Frontier reporter Reese Gorman and I discuss Inhofe's resignation, how the race is shaping up, as well as a pending lawsuit that might stop the process just as it's getting started. Hey everyone, welcome to the Listen Frontier podcast. I'm in the Tulsa studio today with Reese Gorman. Reese, how are you doing? Doing great. Thank you for having me on. Uh, we are going to talk about Jim Inhofe and what's going on with everyone there. Reese, I remember a few weeks ago when you first told me that you'd heard that Inhofe was resigning. Yeah. I was, I was not surprised because of his age, and you know that had been something that people had talked about even before he ran for for re-election last time. Was that people questioned why would a you know 86 year old be signing up for another six year term? And there were people who were very quick to jump in and say, well, he may not serve all six years. He, uh, you he know, didn't. he can yeah he can. He can get elected and then sort of figure out when and where he wants to make his next move. And so it was surprising in that the idea that, like, wow, Jim Inhofe might not be in our lives as Oklahomans anymore, you know, here yeah. in the near future. But not surprising in that, right, that it was something that was completely unexpected. People had talked for a long time about this being something that might happen. But I still, I remember thinking, that was another thing, was that I'd heard, you know, we've all heard over the years, multiple, there have been a lot of, Inhofe is going to resign false alarms. But this one, this one came true. Tell us a little bit about about his, I guess, alleged pending resignation. I mean, he said he's going to resign. When did he say he's going to resign? And sort of like, what's the what will happen? What will come as a result of that resignation? Yeah. So he announced he was going to resign into February, and so he he said he's going to his official resignation is going to be January fifth, twenty twenty three. Okay. So that's going to be his initial one, which is actually kind of all said and done. He's going to resign whatever the new congress is being sworn in he did say that he's going to stay on until the end of his term well until the end of this congress which ends in january and so he's resigning and he's endorsed luke holland his former chief of staff as his successor right so the exact word yeah so luke holland was his chief of staff um Mm -hmm. kind of a behind the scenes guy probably that most people didn't know about i mean that was a i you know i know that when we you wrote the story about inhop uh resigning and we obviously started trying to put together who the candidates were there was a lot of comments from people who were like who is luke holland they never heard of him before but he was a chief of staff who on inhoff's campaign or on inhoff's staff who resigned in order to run for Inhofe's yeah. seat. Obviously, Inhofe's preferred candidate. He's endorsed him already yeah. and He's gonna, uh, helping him raise money and um, that kind of thing. Yeah. And just so all the listeners know, I I did have this story before the New York Times did, but <laughs> I just had to, had to get that out there. He'd be, Reese, with, right, if, uh, he'd be with a tweet. You don't, uh, you guys who are listening to this don't understand uh, how many times Reese called me that day 
Thank you for calling at 7.15 a.m. Yeah, trying to beat, because he knew that other people obviously were, were working on this. And the frustration that I heard in Reese's voice whenever the New York Times, I sent him the tweet from the New York Times reporter about, they can just tweet it out. We were trying to write a story. So, right. So, sure, Reese. I could tweet it out at 7.15 a.m. Yeah, Reese could to. tweet it out Yeah, at 6 a.m. That would not have been uh, great for me to wake up and see that tweet. But, yeah, that would have been, you could have, but didn't. Exactly. Uh, and it all worked out, because, you know. Anywho, regardless, I, I digress there. Um, you got me off on a tangent now because you're still mad at a New York Times reporter for beating you to it's okay. a tweet. But yeah, so uh, Inhofe is going to resign next year. And so by announcing his resignation the way that he did, the timing that he did. Mm. It set off a firestorm. Right. Of. So you've got a special election yes. that will be held this year. It will be in conjunction with the current election taking place right. with Lankford running for re-election. So it's going to be the primaries June 28th runoff is August something, I don't know the exact date, and which there will be a runoff, and then the generals get beat November. Yeah, so it kicked off the special election and all the drama that goes along with the special election, for, especially for, it'll just be so, it'll be really, it's going to be a crazy time, because it's yeah. a, not just a special election, which is always kind of, you know, mm-hmm. fun if you're invested in politics, yeah. but it's for a very important, yeah. um, you know, crucial um, seat. And so that's yeah. not just a special election for, you know, a city councilor or something. It's a special election for a Senate seat. It's a seat that Inhofe has held since 94. And yeah. prior to him holding it in 94, I mean, David Bourne held it for yeah. a number of years. And so it's, it's a seat that doesn't come around all that often. And it's a seat that likely whoever wins will probably not give up that seat until they choose to give up that seat. Yeah. I mean, that's just the facts. And David Bourne chose to give up his seat to be president of OU, and that's how Inhofe became senator. And now Inhofe's resigning, and very likely whoever wins this election will probably be the next senator for and, and if you decades. look at the if you look at the cast of people who are running they're for the young. seat, they're young, right? And it, and yeah. this could be a you know. These, this is a, this is an election that may put someone in the Senate who our grandkids are voting for one day. Yeah. You know, I mean, it could literally be. So you have, right, so it's going to be very interesting. Um, getting into November, you know, it just adds another layer um, mm-hmm. to that November election. Into the summer, I mean, I mean, talking about so, the primary, the primaries is going to be the, the interesting part. That's going to be where the real fireworks yeah. are. When, in, in all honesty, the, a lot of Oklahoma, Oklahoma statewide elections now are won and lost in the primary. And this is really going to be where all the money is going to be spent into is going to be for this primary election. And we're seeing it right now. There's five Republicans so far announced. you got Luke Holland, Mark Wayne Mullen, um, Nathan Dom, Alex Gray, and T.W. Shannon. Um, so they're all announced. They're all young. And these guys are going to be battling it out. We're already seeing, too, that there's the really big fight to be the Trumpiest and to see who can kind of bow to Trump the most. And so that's going to be the biggest part of this race. Yeah, and I want to get into that in a, in a second. Yeah. I want to talk to you about, so there is one Democratic candidate. Uh, yes. So Kendra Horn, everyone mm-hmm. probably knows that name. She yeah. has announced she's running. But still, the, you know, that, will, that will, looks like now that will be her, her role and it will be more of a general election. Mm-hmm. Right? We're gonna, yeah. There's going to be a lot of stuff going on. And like I said, everyone is pretty young. It is going to be – it's kind of interesting what you said about there's a little bit of a – people are elbowing around with each other trying to, to be the, you know, the quote-unquote – this is a Reese quote, not mine – Trumpiest candidate. Trumpy, yeah. But that was something, you know, with Luke – now, Inhofe himself was never – he was a – 
uh, supporter of Trump. You know, I interviewed him on election day, actually, in 2020, and he thought that Trump was going to win big, you know. But he also, Inhofe was one of those guys who, because of his longevity and because of his, I think, his name and just his general demeanor and attitude, was never, he was never one of the, he, he was not afraid to not necessarily side with Trump if he didn't want to. I mean, he led the override of Trump's veto at the NDAA. Right. And so he, you know, he was never, you know, Inhofe was, is a guy who, you know, there are times when probably politically it made sense for him to side with Trump on something he maybe didn't necessarily want to. But he was one of the few guys who who was never 100% committed to, I'll yeah. just do whatever Trump wants. And, you know, I noticed with uh, Luke Holland, who, you know, like I don't know very well outside of his role as chief, um, staff. chief of staff, is he seems like he's made more of an effort to position himself as sort of a Trump yeah. candidate, you know, in, in ways that Inhofe probably never had to. Now, maybe it's, you know, if Inhofe's 40 years old and he's running for the seat at this in 2022, yeah. maybe he's thinking, I've got to be pretty Trumpy too myself. Yeah. But you do have Mullen. He's a... I mean, his a, campaign ad, it ends with Trump saying his name. It starts, it starts with a picture of him, Trump, and his wife. Not Trump's wife, Mark Twain Mullen's wife. In the Oval Office, that's how it starts. And then it ends with Trump saying, Mark Wayne Mullen, you don't want to fight with him. Right, that's right. And so it's, it's very much, you can just tell, automatically Trump. T.W. Shannon, the chair of Black Voices for Trump, he kind of stumped for Trump all during the 2020, for the 2020 election. And um, Nathan Dom, I mean... Trump Highway. He's, yeah, he, he's. You can't get. I feel Trumpier like if you're listening than, to this podcast, right. you know who Nathan Dom is. Right. You can't get Trumpier than the Trump, the Panhandle Trump Highway. Exactly. Exactly. Alex Gray worked in the Trump administration, and so they're all really kind of trying to align themselves with Trump. And one thing also that I read is Newsmax, which I do not read a lot, but I did read on this. Newsmax reported that Inhofe tried to get Trump to endorse Luke Holland prior to him announcing his retirement, prior to him endorsing Luke Holland, and Trump was like, I don't even know who Luke Holland is. Like, I'm not going to... Yeah, there's no anyone. reason for Trump yeah. to get involved at the point when there's five people... Exactly, working. and Trump was he's like, I don't know who any of these like candidates are, really. I'm like, I'm not going to get involved. So it basically just shows like how much people want this guy's endorsement yeah. like, for the president. Yeah, it'll be that. That will be interesting. And like you and I have talked about how in these crowded uh, primary fields, uh, they generally and you know sort of. I mean, it's politics in Oklahoma to some degree. Mm-hmm. The parties coalesce around each other, where everyone sort of has the same views. You got to kind of everyone's got to kind of be and step with each other for the most part. I mean, that's politics in general yeah. in the nation. I don't know, but um, it, it's hard when there's five people running for one seat. They can't all agree on everything because yeah. how will you, you know, how will you choose who to vote for? You've got to stand out from the crowd in some way. And so that will be what's most interesting to me is how to, a, a lot of these guys, um, you know, their resumes are somewhat similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're going to have to start. They, sure, they can all talk about right now who is, you know, closer to Trump. Yeah. But at some point, they're going to have to start. Be some more substantive. Yeah, and they're going to have to start, you know, standing out from each other. And that's what's going to, you know, that will be, money will play a big role in that. And people like Mark Wayne Mullen can self-fund their entire campaign. Yeah. That dude is rich. Tito Shannon has the full, he's going to have the back of the tribes. Governor Bill Andatubby um, of the Chickasaw Nation was at his candidacy right. announcement. And, and he, if that's any sign of who he's going to be backing, right. I mean. And the tribes, I don't know, John, Jim, Jonathan Martin of the New York Times wrote a story back in 2014 when T.W. was facing Lankford about how much support T.W. had for, from the tribes for cohort yeah. seat. It was just, and then they were 
pouring money into TW's race. And so if that's any indication, the tribes have only gotten richer and more prominent since 2014. So he's going to have a lot of money. Luke is going to have right, he's got, Rolodex. We've already seen I mean, I've already reported on, for him, right. on all these fundraisers he's hosting for Luke and all this. And I think that Lee, Dom might doesn't have the fundraising capabilities. That he has the Dom might have some of the grassroots, but in all honesty, that's not where all the money comes from. Right. The money comes from your big GOP donors. And Alex Gray, I'm gonna be honest, I don't think any like I would not be surprised if his name recognition was below like two. Yeah. Like, well, I, and he's in a, a primary with a lot of heavy hitters. People yeah, I didn't know who he was. And I'm paid to cover Oklahoma politics. I, I didn't know who he was before he announced. Yeah, and, there's a lot of big names in that this race. And, um, yeah, that's that's part of the thing. It's going to be really – I think I'm interested to see because it is sort of unprecedented, not just the stature of this specific, um, this specific seat, mm-hmm. but just the very nature of – there's going to be a lot of money – Oh, there's already three dark money groups super packs yeah. that have registered with the FEC. And you talk about T.W. Shannon and, you know, that um, tribes feeling like maybe they have, you know, regardless of his politics, mm-hmm. having a, a, an advocate in the Senate is only um, beneficial. Yeah, he's beneficial. 100% is, I mean, he, at his event, one thing that was very striking and for sure, he said, he opens the like, I want to thank the governor of Oklahoma who couldn't be here today. I want to thank all these state elected officials by that matter. But I more specifically want to thank Governor Bill Anatubby. Right, he knows. For, he was very clear in that. He knows where his money is going to come from. And and that is... So that, that will be really... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how that starts to shake out and when it starts to shake out. Because mm-hmm. not a lot of time before it's, you know... Before the, uh, the primary. I mean, yeah, and you, you got filing in early April, but people are already having to start raising money. You already... It's a rush, yeah. People, you're, you're, you're in a rush. You're seeing Alex Gray somehow, he sent out an email the day after he declared that he already had raised $100,000 in his campaign. And I guarantee you, Holland's already raised a bunch of money. He's having fundraisers, four fundraisers this month, one in D.C., three in, in Oklahoma. Mullen could just fund with this plumbing business right so it is money's gonna play a big big part yeah it'll be interesting to see when that really starts to pick up and when they start you know they'll have to start throwing like i said throwing some elbows with each other and Mm -hmm. trying to stand up for each other i don't i don't think any one of these people hate each other like i I feel they all their politics are the same like and i I feel like they all get along really well so it's gonna be really interesting to see the kind of negativeness that right. comes in because you're going to have to get someone will have to do it at some point and i know in oklahoma politics a lot of times the candidates themselves do not like to get negative they don't like to be the first ones to be negative because that's a bad bad vibe but you're going to have to be negative in this race you I mean you cannot win and it sucks to say but you cannot win on your merits alone because yeah. your everyone's merits are basically the same like besides mullen who's been in congress tw who's been Former state house speaker, Holland is former chief of staff. Like they all have somewhat of the same merits, but you got to get negative eventually. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. And speaking of, I want to get to this next. Speaking of Mark Wayne Mullen, mm-hmm. that's the sort of the other you know shoe to drop, I guess. In from all of this is that now his uh, house seat is open. Yeah, tell me who is. And this is another. There is. There's, there's another big roster. There's a of million names. people running for this. Not really a million, but. There Tell me some of the big names. Seven people have filed so far. I, I guarantee you before we're done with it all, we'll probably have about ten. Some of the big names are State Senator Marty Quinn, who um, he's well-known. I don't think he has the fundraising capacity that other people might have. He's, he's, a, he's a very, But he is, he's well-known. 
and he's terming out in the state senate. So obviously, when you're terming out in state government, your next your next option is to go to Congress. Right. Um, Chris Schiller, who is this? He's a pharmacist in Muskogee. Um, I have no clue who he is, but he's a wealthy pharmacist. I mean, no one knew who Mark Wayne Mullen was when he right. decided to run. I mean, he was yeah. a rich plumber. And same with Kevin Hearn, if I'm not mistaken, right? Like, I mean, he was just a rich businessman who decided to run for Congress. Hearn had connections in Oklahoma politics because he worked as a fundraiser. Okay, um, yeah. But he, not as a candidate. Yeah. I mean, that was him. You know, people in that arena knew him, but um, as Outside far as, arena, a, yeah, yeah, voters were not, you know, necessarily. Yeah. But that's something that Chris, you can, time and money you can take care of. Can Chris Schiller does fit the Mullen vibe of coming from the private sector now and then running for Congress. And, and then also John Bennett, the current chair of the Oklahoma GOP. Right, we, and, you've written a story about and that he sort was of not planning there. on resigning. And I do know they had an executive meeting on Saturday where it was basically no talk. Bennett didn't even bring up resignation. He was just talking about plans for the future of the GOP as well, like with him still in power. So it's, it's not looking like he's going to resign at all. And Eric Wyatt, who I'm going to be honest, I, I, I don't know. Who is? I'm not even going to try to lie. I I don't know. (laughs) Um, Clint Johnson, he's some guy from Muskogee. I I looked him up. He's ran for like seven offices before and never won. How these house seats sometimes bring out out guys who have run before. But then you also got Dustin Roberts, who's a state representative, who also has the name ID up there. I mean, he's well-known. He probably does have the fundraising ability. So and and he has that's another thing with these with you know him and he has a connection Marty Quinn is and they also have they have a record to stand on mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily matter to everyone but does matter to some people to be yeah. able to say when I was in the state legislature mm-hmm. I did this 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 I yeah. supported this 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 which for some people means more and some for some people it means less maybe but for some people it means more than the no, private they, sector candidate who yeah. says you know. Um, I will do this. I will do this. Yeah. Like you can, you know, you know, you know, Marty Quinn's. You can look his background up and see yeah. what he's voted for and voted against. And um, so, right for those guys, it, there's that, that can help. Sometimes you want you have people who they say, "I want someone who doesn't have any political yeah. experience," and so that so, record can be a hindrance. But and then there's also the Muskogee Police Chief Johnny Teehee, who. Um, is the chief of police for the Muskogee Police Department and is running for Congress. And so, again, there's name ID there. I don't know how much name ID he has outside of Muskogee, but, I mean, Muskogee is pretty big in CD2. Right. I mean, I don't know if it's the biggest city per se, but I do know that's probably one of the biggest. So I think the name ID there will really help him too. And so all these, there's definitely going to be a runoff for this seat as well with seven people going, but... I think the name that's most surprising right now is John Bennett. Just yeah. because I, I truly think that at the moment, there's, I, I don't think there's any front runner right now, but I think if I had to choose, it would be Bennett, just because he is the most well-known candidate. In and the, he's in been the, elected from there before. Yeah, he's been elected from there before. He's state GOP chairman. And to be really honest, like, people might think he's crazy, but he's been elected there multiple times, yeah. and he... And though and grassroots Republicans um, love him, and it's just the fact of the matter. And yeah. so I think he truly does have a chance. Yeah, and he's gonna, he will be able to stay in the. And he has the full power, the GOP, right. the GOP, to like help him up. He yeah, and he has the ability to stay in the headlines as much as he wants 
through his current role yeah. in a way that a pharmacist or a police chief probably can't. Yeah. They have to work a little bit harder to get a headline where he can just say something oh, as the is, yeah. chairman of the Oklahoma GOP and there's a headline and now his name's in the news again. Yeah. And I think something we've seen a lot too is that these things that used to be turnoffs for voters, like him comparing the vaccine mandate to the Star, Star of David and the Holocaust, is no longer a big turnoff. I mean, you look at Lauren Boeber, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates, all these people that are really loud in Congress, but they they never really face a serious challenge. They always win because their money money comes flowing in, and that is what people want now. I mean, it's the same thing on the Democratic side, too. They want the loudest people to be elected. They don't really... And so it's something that it's not so much of a turnoff as it would have been. I mean, if he would, this would have happened in 2008 and he was running after comparing stuff to the back, to the Holocaust, he would have made it out of the primary. But now it doesn't really matter. Voters don't care. That will be the same as the Senate race. That will be really interesting to yeah. see how that – when that starts to really pick up and how that kind of shakes out. And um, uh, I'm sure that you'll be calling me 20, 25 times a day. I think I already uh, call you a lot. To, yeah, keep me updated on what's going on with those races. Now let's go to the thing that might make all of this uh, yeah, discussion so completely we're, pointless. We're talking about all this, and then it, it could just not even happen. So You wrote a week or two ago about mm-hmm. Stephen Jones and a lawsuit yeah. about um, Inhofe's resignation. And basically, now Stephen Jones, a lot of you probably know his name, um, my first instinct when – Reese, when you told me about this lawsuit, was that it was just a just another headline-grabbing lawsuit. Someone who saw an opportunity, mm-hmm. you know, a big story, in-house resigning, and found a way to kind of attach themselves to the story to get their names in the headlines. You know, mm-hmm. attorneys will do that sometimes to try to push themselves up the Google rankings and yeah. reach more people. But then when I read the specifics and talked to you about the specifics of um, the suit, the lawsuit. It makes sense. There's some meat to it. And so, and it is something that, you know, could throw a wrench in this whole process. We're talking about, you know, what, 14 candidates between uh, Inhofe's, 13 candidates between Inhofe's seat and the second congressional district yeah. race. And it might all be for nothing at this lawsuit. Yeah. So what the lawsuit argues is, and also, and just correct me if I'm wrong, that the timing, the way the timing of Inhofe's resignation sits is that he will resign following the results of the special election. His mm-hmm. last day will technically be a- after the results of the special election. Mm-hmm. So what Stephen Jones is arguing is that obviously Inhofe has a preferred candidate, his former chief of staff, mm-hmm. Luke Holland. There's the potential. There's nothing to stop him from. This is what Stephen Jones is arguing. There's nothing to stop Inhofe from watching the special election play out and going, well, I don't want... T.W. Shannon to replace me. I don't want, you know, Alex yeah. Gray to replace me. And saying, never mind, you know. Yeah. So someone wins the special election who Inhofe doesn't want to replace him. Well, he can just pull that resignation letter back and stay for as long as he wants. And, uh, yeah, so what Stephen Jones is arguing is that he should not, that, that Stitch should replace Inhofe now mm-hmm. or that Inhofe should stay for the end of his term. term yeah. Right? And so... That lawsuit is um, going to be that court. It's going to be heard today. Case it's starts right. One thirty today. Today, today is in Wednesday, the twenty yeah. third. We're recording this on Tuesday, but right, we're not going to post this on Wednesday. So, um, so yeah. Tell, is there anything I'm missing in that description? So, I mean, what do people need to know about that lawsuit? The big thing in the lawsuit is he specifically rides this whole lawsuit on the interpretation of the Seventeenth Amendment, 
which states that when vacancies happen in the in the representative in representation of any state in the Senate, the executive authority of such state shall fill the, shall issue an election to fill the vacancy. Friday, the legislation of the state may empower the executive to therefore thereof to make temporary appointments until people fill the vacancy through an election as the legislature may direct. So his interpretation of this is, and it makes sense when you actually break it down, is that when vacancies happen, the executive authority calls a special election. But there's not a vacancy yet. In office, still in office. And and he argues, even though, so state law changed last year. I'm not going to get into the whole weeds of it. Basically, state law said that if you, in order to save the state money, if someone issues uh, irrevocable resignation, if the Senate, if a senator issues an irrevocable letter of resignation before March 1st, which in often honor before March 1st, then a special election, then the governor may not, shall not appoint somebody, but that the election will be held at the um, in junction with the current election if it's made in an election year. But if it said it were to happen in 2023, then he issued, then he resigns, state appoints somebody, uh, an election is held in 2024. But since he did it before March 1st of 2022, in order to save the same money and not have to hold an election, special election on an off year, they're just doing it in conjunction with this. What Jones argues is, even though in office issued an irrevocable letter of resignation, there is nothing to hinder him from being like, I mean, in all honesty, it's just a signed piece of paper. I mean, Mark Wayne Mullen said that he's not going to serve more than three terms in the House. And so look at him now. All in all, he's like, actually, I don't feel like resigning right now. Like, I, I feel better. Right, I feel healthy. Yeah. So you could stay. And He flew upside down. He cleared his mind. He, cleared, he, got, he got everything out. Exactly. He, he, he felt alive again after right. hopping in that plane. So and stuff like that. And that, that is very – that is a logical argument. I – I'm going to be honest, I, li- I even tweeted out, I was in with the author of the previous bill, Kyle Hilbert, who authored the bill that would, that the March 1st bill last year, the resignation. I was tweeting back and forth with him, and I was like, yeah, I think this lawsuit's kind of frivolous. This doesn't really make any sense because, I mean, Tom Coburn, same thing happened to him. He resigned in, I think it was like January, February. He issued an irrevocable res- letter of resignation. The Fallon then called a special election, and Lankford and TW ran for it, and literally the same thing in Coburn resigned January after the November election and was in Lankford swore in on January 5th and as senator. He's still our current senator. And so in my head, I was like, that's the same thing. But also another person points out that, I mean, the only way to challenge a law is like to challenge it. Yeah. Yes, there might be precedent, but no one challenged that precedent. And so he has a, he has a point. I mean, there is really nothing stopping Inhofe take it. I don't think he will do it. I think Inhofe has character, has more character. He would not want that to be his legacy. Right. His, his final move is yeah, to no, so go yeah, back on his... I, I do think... I, I don't think that he would do that, but I think it's more the principle of the matter is, down the road, what if somebody does? What, yeah. is, what if someone that does have the principles that Inhofe has? So, it makes sense from that. So, yeah, that'll be... It's just another... You know, if you thought there weren't enough storylines to follow so in all this, there's, yeah. here's another one. So, um, right. So that uh, will be, this podcast will be up on uh, Wednesday. That uh, will be in court today as you guys yeah. are listening to this podcast. And then stay tuned to Reese's Twitter account, which is verified now. Verified Twitter account. Very Reese exciting. J. Gorman. Reese J. Gorman. Uh, he'll have some updates from that. Are you going to go to that? Uh, I am. Yeah, I'm going to. Check that out. Actually, yeah, I, yeah I'm going to go. I'm. 
I'm, I'm not going to miss it. I'm going to. Yeah, that would be fun. I don't want J Mart to yeah. scoop me on a Supreme yeah, Court. Yeah, box him out. Don't even take his seat if he's there. I don't even think he's going to. Yeah, be keep there. him. Well, good. He probably. I'm just going to sit there. He knows better than to step on your turf, probably. Exactly. I'll just be live tweeting and then I'll tweet it out. Yeah, and tag him. Tag. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, keep an eye on Reese's Twitter account. Uh, updates on that, and then depending on what goes on uh, in that case, we'll see uh, this what summer happens? and in this fall. And yeah, there's going to be from a purely political reporter standpoint. I'm hoping that this is not the case. That this is just thrown out because right. I really so want to cover this race. To, yeah, but it's also, a once in a lifetime, man. Exactly. A special election like this with all these people, it's crazy. This is a little, and who knows? Very I might, interesting. I might not, we might not even be a lot around and crazy stuff going on, but it's Oklahoma. There's always something That's crazy. Right. There's okay. a tornado yesterday, too. There was. Which is another crazy thing that yeah, I'm sure. And tomorrow will probably be 90 degrees and then Friday it'll, it'll Friday. be 30 degrees and yeah. that's Oklahoma. Okay. All right, Reese. Well, thank you. This was your inaugural It was my listening. inaugural podcast. Right, yeah. Well. It's, We'll have to see the analytics for it, and if the analytics are bad, we'll never have you back on again. Uh, everybody, thanks for listening. Reese, thanks for being here. Stay thanks tuned. Like I said, his account's verified now. It's very exciting for everyone. It is. And we'll uh, see you all later. Bye.